This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. It's a Canadian first. Canada is the first place where a genetically modified animal product is for sale. That product is GM salmon. And you or I wouldn't know if we bought it in a supermarket or ordered it in a restaurant because there's no labeling requirement. Now, some experts say Canadians have nothing to fear from genetically modified products. So, Garth Fletcher is a co-inventor of genetically modified salmon. It's salmon that's been adapted with the genes of two other fish to make it grow twice as fast as conventional salmon. And Garth is on the line now. Thanks for joining us. Okay. So what do you say to Canadians who are worried about this product? Well, frankly, I don't see that there's anything to worry about. Mm-hmm. Right? Why? Well, why? Because, because Health Canada has approved it for sale and it's safe for human consumption and, uh, and for sale mm-hmm. in Canada. Uh, but health as, as the FDA in the United States. Uh huh. But Health Canada didn't do the testing itself. No, the the, the government uh, uh, regulators don't do the testing. The most of the research or the testing, if you wish, is done by contract labs. In other words, a company finds a contract lab that will do an analysis, uh, and they follow the well. Mostly all done in the United States, and they follow the regulations as per what the Food and Drug Administration wants. Uh, so it's rather a rigorous uh, system uh, where you only really supply the, like, for example, muscle fillets. You, you would only supply the fillets to the contract lab. They would do the analysis uh, under what is called good laboratory practice, uh, as regulated by the FDA, United States, and, uh, and then would report their results. Those what, results then would be passed on to FDA. What is the advantage of having uh, a genetically modified salmon? I gather they grow faster. What? Wh- why is that an advantage? Well, you grow your. You got your product. In the case of salmon, you put you grow salmon. Well, standard way these days of growing salmon is in a sea cage. It's in there for probably say up to th- two to three years. Uh, now, if you can get it in, you know, in other words, it takes you, and you, you have your fish out there, this is the animals you're going to try and sell, and it takes you three years to get, this is an example, it takes you three years before you can harvest them and take them to market. Well, obviously, if you can harvest them in a year and a half, you've got another year and a half left over to, to grow more salmon. So you increase the rate of production, and naturally that increases the rate of is the amount of profit you get from a from a site. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, w- one of the issues I gather, uh, so th- these genetically modified salmon were tested to see whether they can reproduce like other salmon, and it was found that they could. 
and the company uh, undertook to uh, have them contained so that they wouldn't mix with other fish populations. Uh, I, I mean, to me, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't rely on that. How is that reliable that they will not be able to mix with other with wild fish populations? Well, the only the only approval known to date. Okay, first of all, the fish are rendered rendered sterile, uh, so they are unable to reproduce, and you also grow them in land-based systems where the water is all recirculated, so there's very little exchange of water, so they're locked in, basically in a in a, in, in, in shore where they can't get out. Mm-hmm. So how how does that? get it to interact with the wild populations. Okay, well, I, I, uh, I heard another expert saying that they can reproduce. Well, okay, if you start off with the broodstock, that's the animals that you have to produce generation after generation after generation, yes, they always reproduce, and you grow them in a, in a specially built, contained facility so that there's no escapes at all. And, and uh, then when you get the, the eggs, you... you you do you do a process which renders them sterile, and it's it's probably ninety nine percent perfect. Ninety nine percent. Yeah, around there. I, I'm not with the company anymore, so I haven't seen the last statistics they have. And and uh, they're grown they're grown in uh, in land based operations. So and they've been this these these things have been approved by two different federal and regulatory agencies, both Canada's and the United States. Um, what do you say to people who, who just say they want labeling? Uh, they're not necessarily saying that, that there's any problem with this, but they want to know what they're buying. And, and right now there's no requirement for labeling. And the company has actually refused to say where they sell it. I mean, if, if there's nothing wrong with it, why wouldn't you tell people? Well, I couldn't speak for the company on that one. Yeah. I, I've got nothing to do with them, but, but, but the... Uh, uh, what every business? I mean, this, this is a legal product, right? So I'm just speaking now as a citizen. This is a legal product that's been approved by uh, various agencies to be grown and to be sold in Canada. So there's no reason why the company has to say, "By the way, we're selling something." No legal reason anywhere. Right, but yeah, there's. I'm aware of it. I mean, but what do you what do you uh, say to the idea of labeling it? I mean, so for instance, if I'm bu- buying organic fish, right, it's it's labeled and there are certain standards. But uh, you know, isn't it reasonable to say uh, we want this labeled? And and right now, because uh, right now people have no idea if they've consumed it or not. No, and they don't have any idea whether they've consumed all the GM crops that are for sale in Canada. There's, there's not really any difference here. Uh, they still go between the, whether it's plants or animals. Still go with organic, which is a special uh, consideration, or they go with standard uh, products. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, according to a recent poll, 83% of people think there should be some kind of mandatory label for genetically modified food at the grocery store. Are these are these people just wrong? No, I. I I certainly don't consider them to be wrong in what they think. That's, that's, everybody's entitled to an opinion. But, but, I, but a company doesn't regulate labeling laws. That's done by the government. Right. So a company has no say whether it would 
care whether it has a label or not care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they've refused to say. I mean, if if it was something you were really proud of, you say, okay, I've sold it uh, here, there, and and the next place. But but in this case, there it's kind of like a secret. It seems. Well, it's a company. The the the. Uh, I, I would have suspected this is a this is really a beta test, as far as I can see. Five tons of fish is a very small amount of fish in a country this size, and so it's and it's probably well, I'm guessing probably sold in a lot of different places. Uh, across the country, just uh, to see what the, the people who get the product, whether they like it or don't like it. Uh, well, I mean, in the meantime, several ma- major grocery chains have confirmed that they do not carry it, and those include Loblaws, Metro, Sobeys, Costco, IGA, and Walmart. Sure. Well, it's, it's up to them. Yeah, it's it's interesting because in Europe, of course, you do have to label GMOs, and and um, yeah, you just uh, you do have to label GMOs. I guess uh, the objection would be is just people want to know what they're buying. Yeah, yeah. Europe also, of course, I only heard this the other day. Europe also requires that every product name exactly where it comes from, exactly. Yeah. Not unlike Canada and the United States, which if something says made in Canada or made in the United States. So they ask for a lot more details, and that's, that's their country. Okay, let's uh, take a call from Sam in Brantford. Hi, Sam. How are you doing, Libby? Fine, how are you? Not too bad. Oh, this is uh, something I don't like at all. If they're not disclosing what's in it, then there's a problem with it. Because I remember having imitation crab meat. And <laughs> yeah, was, that's something else. Yeah. Uh, um, Whitefish, yeah, Alaska, Alaska whitefish. Now, to me, okay, crab is orange. Why do they have to? If they get something that's white, my question is, why do they have to put an orange strip on it to make it look like it's crab? And I got very sick on it because I'm allergic to whitefish. Oh, that's a problem. And I had no idea that I was eating it until I ate it the second time. I said, wait a minute, I gotta have a look at the rest uh, or the ingredients of uh, of uh, frozen fish. And it was Alaska Pollock. Now, uh, I remember years ago, I'm into the construction. I remember years ago, the government allowed a company to make holes into the outside of uh, houses and spray your uh, formaldehyde in there or some sort of uh, insulation. Well, I'll tell you something. I called the government many years ago, and I told them that it wasn't going to work. Well, you know what they found out about 10 years later? People were getting headaches from it. Yeah, urea formaldehyde. Not exactly the same thing, but Sam, uh, I get what you're saying. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Okay, we have time for a quick one here. Joan in Oshawa, hello. Hi, Libby. How are you today? Fine. Good. As far as the salmon goes, if they're not going to label label it, I won't buy any salmon, period. Okay, well... I will not eat GMO food. Okay, because you think it's bad. Well, uh, there were the grocery chains that said they don't carry it. Right. Uh, so you would like to see a label on it then? Yes, definitely. I want to see everything that is genetically modified with a label on it, be, be, you know, before they put it in the stores for the public purchase. Okay, Joan, thanks for that. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Again. Bye-bye. Okay. Um, Mr. Fletcher, what would you like to leave us with? Mr. Fletcher? Well, <laughs> I, I, there's not a lot I can say about urea formaldehyde. No. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, the regulations are, are handled by the government, and, and uh, I'm just another Canadian in this regard, and I eat whatever I see in the supermarket, or corner store, by that, for that matter. Uh, so 
I really don't have a lot to say. I mean, I, 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 I kind of don't. I, I have no concerns whether it's labelled or not labelled. Uh, you know, and this, this is a say is entirely up to the federal government. Okay, Garth Fletcher, one of the co-creators of genetically modified salmon. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Bye bye. Bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.